With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards on the show where our predictions are better than Ivan Browning's. We're doing the show from the Richards Ranch today. I stepped in a hole in my lawn this weekend and I hurt my Achilles tendon. So hopefully I'm limping, but the show won't. On today's program, my special guest is my friend Bethany Clemenson, and she is the owner of Big Life Resources, and she teaches people how to live their life big. And uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to Bethany here in just a few minutes. And we're going to dive into the fourth side of self, self-regulation. That's all today on the Better Than Before program brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever, the 2020 Subaru Outback. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards. Bethany Clemenson is my guest today. She's a women's mindset coach, speaker, and teacher, and she helps women get out of their own way and step into the life that is waiting for them. She fiercely believes that there's a big life inside each of us, and it all begins when you listen to that whisper of there's more for you. 
and getting dialed in to what you really want. She brings a dynamic that her clients have called in your face love. She has the ability to speak the truth, even when it's hard to hear, ask questions to uncover what's holding you back and bust through your self-imposed limits. She has zero tolerance for excuses or blame and her clients love her for that. Her teaching style provides more than just thought-provoking information. She knows that action is the way to shift the results in your life, and she provides the next steps to move forward. This approach has built awareness, breakthroughs, and sustained life change. She's also the creator of the nine-week Big Life U Growth and Coaching Program, which we're going to hear more about, and she has her own podcast called Dialed In. I'm excited to welcome Bethany Clemens into our program today. Bethany, thanks for doing this today. Well, hey, Tony. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with your people. Sure, yeah. Now, I left off this part of your bio because I want to talk to you about it, but you uh, were in a corporate job for a long time. What, what did you do there? I worked in the senior living industry. So I have a background as a nurse and then moved into management and then ended up opening up and hiring the teams for brand new buildings. Wow. And how long did you do that? A decade-ish. Oh, wow. <laughs> Similar to what I used to do in the, my previous role in the corporate job that I had before I got into coaching. And so you traveled a lot. I did travel and I, I loved the travel piece and the connection piece with people, but I had children at home. And so there was, you know, there was a conflict there like with priorities about where I wanted to be. So you just woke up one day and told your husband, <laughs> listen, here's what I think we should do. We need to sell our house and we need to get rid of most of our stuff. You go out and let's get a motor home and let's drive around the country. How's that sound? <laughs> well, um, kind of. Uh, we had we had reached a point where we had kind of checked off a lot of the boxes of you know the societal norms. You know, you get married and you have the two point five kids and the dog and you build a house and you get the cars and you have the jobs and we were just really disconnected and. I had been working with a coach on making some changes in my mindset and things and became a certified coach in that time. And then we just sat down with the kids and started to dream like, what would, what could we do? What would, what do you want to do? Do you feel disconnected? And, and we all kind of agreed that we wanted to try something different. And so um, then uh, winter came and uh, we had like five days where we were shut in together because of snow. And we thought we were going to kill each other. And I wasn't sure there was enough wine to really um, help <laughs> us cope. And uh, Tom and I looked at each other. Tom is my husband. And we're like, yeah, no, that was a stupid idea. Like, why did we even think that? But then about two weeks later, we were both like, no, that's exactly why we have to do this. And uh, because... We, to get along and be with each other and be in a room and, and not have to be on devices or distracted and, and to give our kids memories and instead of things. Um, and so we made the decision and it was crazy, but um, we weren't, we had never really camped before. And so we weren't like the weekend camper people. I mean, that's, so it, we had a big learning curve, but it, it was something that I definitely don't regret. So you traveled the country. Where'd you go? 
we mainly went out west. So what we did is we sat down with the kids and we said, where, where have you learned about that you want to go? Uh, and most all of their places were out west, except my son wanted to see Niagara Falls, but that's still on our list. But we did go to the Niagara Falls of the west and don't ask me where that was idaho maybe i'm not sure um (laughs) so yeah we we went out west we went to places um off off the map that we just found along the way but then we did your traditional like the black hills and we went to yellowstone and and things like that too the salt flats Mm -hmm. that's cool that's cool I, i love that uh country out there so then uh, you decided that you'd just come back and settle in in Wisconsin, in northern Wisconsin, right? Right. You know, that wasn't our plan. Um, we actually, we'd been in Iowa for about 15 years, and um, we were thinking somewhere warmer. And so we spent some time in like Texas and all along kind of the Gulf Coast there. We spent a month or two in Florida, and nothing felt right um about any of those spots and so we thought well we'll just know when it's right we'll know where we're going and my husband was raised up here in the north woods and we came to visit over the fourth of july and our kids just loved the recreational piece of the lakes and we're kind of in a resort area there's lots of people that come up from minneapolis st paul and have lake homes here and they love the feel of the town. And I, they, I found myself sitting down with them and they were like, we kind of like it here. And I was blown away. This was not on my radar. So here we are. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you decided to get into coaching. Well, you know, a lot of times we don't change in our life until we're in a fair amount of pain. And I found myself really, I would look like I was killing it from the outside from a success standpoint, but it was killing me. Um, I, my relationships were fractured. I didn't, wasn't spending enough time with my family. I definitely wasn't living priorities. I was very misaligned there. A lot of people pleasing tendencies. Of course, I didn't, obviously I didn't know how to fix it or I wouldn't have the problem. Um, And so I got to the point where the pain of staying where I was, was greater than the pain of thinking about you know, asking for help. (laughs) And um, the company that I worked for provided a coach for their executives. And so I was very skeptical and reluctant, but I went to him and um, it was life-changing for me. I learned, you know, mindset things that I hadn't ever heard about, subconscious mind, and and it blew my mind. And so every time he would do an exercise with me, I found myself doing it with my staff. I even did it with some residents. You know, like we would, I find myself using some of the terminology and some of the approaches. And I started seeing not only change in myself, but I didn't even know what I was doing really at that point from a coaching standpoint, but I saw change in other people too. And um, when I decided to step out of senior living, um, he, my coach asked me to join his company. And so um, that was I kind of felt that in my heart, but I was afraid at that point to say that I could do it. And then he called me and said, you've got to do this. And so I did. That's amazing uh, transition when you go from participant to practitioner to even master where you just do it more and more and more, right? Mm-hmm. And you're practicing on residents and, you know, different <laughs> people. I mean, that's, that's a great story. That That's awesome. Now, 
you, so you created this big life resources thing. How'd you come up with the name big life? Uh, well, my school of thought is um, that every single one of us are given this amazing gift of life that whether you look at it as universe, God, source, infinite intelligence, whatever the name is that you call it, like our, their, that gift to us is our life and our gifts and talents and our gift back is is how we use that. And I, and I, um, I watched so, so many people on at the end of their life just die with their dreams, unfulfilled dreams. Mm-hmm. And, and it would sound like I had a good life, but I always wanted to travel or I really wanted to have more children or I wanted to be a nurse. I mean, it, it was a number of things. I always wanted to volunteer. I always wanted to get a college degree. And, and when I d- started digging and asking why they didn't do those things, it was always about um, fear and living up to other people's expectations. And I really got to thinking, does anybody ever live big? Does anybody ever like go to their, their grave and, and say, I'm, I left it all on the table. I played full out. And then I met a resident, um, a woman named Maxine, and she lived big (laughs) Mm. and she didn't have any butts at the end of her life. And it gave me hope. Like she was proof, right. That it could happen. And I thought I I want that. And then that's kind of was a turning point for me when I was like, what would that look like for me? And wait, I should ask my family, what does that look like for my family? How do we start to dream differently? Look at life differently and, and live big. And so did you go and ask them that? Mm -hmm. What did, what was their answer? Um, all kinds of things. I mean, my kids are relatively young, so early teens, but um, they uh, definitely experienced, like they wanted to see other places and see new things and try new things and go places they hadn't been. I mean, that was kind of the, the push, you know, for, for us to do the motorhome thing. Um, and, but we all had a desire to really be more connected and, um, and so both of those things together really is, is what prompted us. You know, we called our, um, <laughs> we called our adventure freedom scheme. Mm. And just because we were seeking, you know, a different kind of freedom, a freedom from the norm, a freedom from the societal norms. And uh, it really did work out that way. That's awesome. You know, as I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and I tell this story a lot, I don't think I've told it in a while, but you know, you ask them, you know, why did you want to become an entrepreneur? And they say, well, I wanted to have, um, I wanted to have more money. uh, And I wanted to have more time. And I wanted to have more freedom. And I wanted to like my boss. And they didn't, and they didn't have any of those things. I mean, they didn't have any time the business was running their life. They didn't weren't making the kind of money they wanted to make. They didn't feel like they could ever get away from the business. It was taking up all their time and all their attention and they got a worse boss themselves. Mm-hmm. So they, they didn't like any of those four things that they wanted, you know? So there's definitely a way to do this stuff and there's a way not to do it. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what's a couple of things that you encourage your client you only work with women and um, so, so what are a couple things, the women that come to you that are looking for this 
thing that you can help them achieve this big life? What's, what are a couple of things that are uh, in their way? Sometimes they don't even know what that means for them. In fact, I, f I find that a lot. Like, I, I just don't like where I'm at. I don't like what's happening, but they have no idea where they want to go. And so a lot of times the first time th thing we do is sit down and develop a vision. You know, we look at different areas of their life and define what's working and what's not working. And then think about what, what it would look like and what it would feel like to, to have the life and the things that they want. I mean, a lot of times people are just stuck, so stuck thinking about ruminating over what they don't want that they haven't thought about what they do. So let me ask you this question. So for you and Tom, you know, getting out of your home and selling a lot of your stuff and buying the RV and going around the country, that seemed like the first thing to do to get on the road to this different kind of life you wanted. How did, how did you know that was the first thing you wanted? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I think it was knowing that our time with our children it's limited. You know, as of, as of today, I have three years left with them home if I've done things right. <laughs> yeah, and they go to school, right? right. Yes. I'm and sure so, you have. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I was thinking back to my years growing up, my grandparents, when they retired, um, they bought an RV and there was one summer my sister and I just went with them and we traveled from Illinois to Florida and for weeks we pulled on the beach in Daytona. My grandpa got the motorhome stuck. Like some of my best, most amazing memories are with them. And uh, I think that seemed like a natural step because maybe it was a little bit familiar to me and because that, that's where my best memories were. And because before we traveled abroad, we really wanted to see all the beauty here and we didn't even touch it. I mean, we didn't, <laughs> you know, it would take years to sure. really experience everything. But um, and I guess it just seemed like the next thing, we really felt like our time was done in Iowa too. And we also came to the um, conclusion that a lot of the reason that we had all the things that we had is just because we thought they would make us happy. Mm. And it wasn't about the things at all. And then we thought, you know, we need to get rid of this because this isn't what it's about, but we were, we were wrong. Mm -hmm. We were wrong. <laughs> well, that's that one great question. You know, how much is enough? You know, right. um, a lot of people don't, they don't stop to ask that question or if they do, they don't know the answer. Um, but I'm fascinated by this topic of um, moving out of expectations of other people. Uh, I think that's what you said earlier and mm -hmm. moving into an area where you're just happy. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm curious, what is it that causes people to go over to that? You know, I, I think I understand a little bit about why people are afraid of it or why they would not consider it. But what is the thing that, like I asked you about going out to uh, on your road trip, what is the thing that causes them to go, yeah, that's it. That's what I want to do. You know, I think 
when people can get real with themselves and understand that they're worthy just because they're here and really develop their inner self-worth, then they start to get in touch with what they really want. And sometimes it blows them away. Not because it's so big or grand, but because they just see it for the first time and they're like, yes, this is what sets my soul on fire. But when you're so busy looking for your worth outside of yourself, then you fall into just what the masses do. And not that that's wrong, but it just may not be right for you. Like make your own way. My, my father-in-law always said, God gave you a brain, use it. <laughs> you know, and, and think about just because it's what everybody else does, doesn't mean that it's, it's right. Like I think sometimes we just fall prey to more is better. And I don't believe that's what it's about. I think um, your more is inside of you. And when you start to listen to that, that's when everything's better. You know, so I had a, I've had, you know, obviously have a lot of experts on the show, but I, I um, have had people over the years, they say certain things that just really stick with me. And um, I just sort of took three or four of those things as you were talking there and sort of smushed them all together. But uh, one particular marriage person said that we typically try for the marriage we saw as we grew up between our parents. And we, we will often use them. They are our first role models. So mm -hmm. we, we will use them uh, to sort of frame our world at an early stage. And some people continue that on through their entire life. You know, um, what do you think about that thought? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, there's been studies shown um, that like with, with twins, even that there's one twin that does exactly that exactly what you said, but then the other one will go the opposite direction. So um, there was a study of, of a set of twins and they were raised in an alcoholic environment and the one twin grew up and was an alcoholic and they asked him, you know, why? Well, how could I not be? Look, it's all I know. Mm. And the other one, the other twin, they asked him and he said, well, how could I be? I don't want to know that. Like, you know, I, I, I want to move away from that. How could I be? Look at that. Yeah. And um, I don't feel like I articulated that as well as I could have, but um, I hope no, you understand. I you did, no, I think you did a great <laughs> job because the one twin is saying, I'm the, don't let this happen to you example. Mm -hmm. And the other one is the, this is how this happened to me example. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. So these, the, uh, your clients come to you. How do you generally work with them? Um, typically, they'll find me maybe online if I do. I do some free webinars and teachings. Uh, I do. A, there's a lot of people that find me just through referral, but um, I do a seven-day uh, program that's called Shift that happens every couple months or so, and it's just a, a mini course that's done online. And then I also my favorite thing to do is to work in groups because here's the thing you're you're not alone like if if you if you have a struggle sometimes it feels like you're alone but as soon as you verbalize it and we're in a group setting like everybody raises their hand everybody shakes their head and so when i'm when i'm coaching and working with one person i'm working with everybody at once and they have these moments of breakthrough off of each other you know and it happens more rapidly than it does 
um, many times one-on-one. -on -one. Um, although I do, I do serve one-on-one -on -one clients as well. And I do serve, um, I do have some men that I do work with, but typically a lot of my clients are women. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, I didn't mean to exclude the men. I just uh, thought you only worked with, with women. So. Right. Well, you know, if my male clients heard that, they'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> but I, I know and that was my fault because that isn't that isn't the information that I gave you but I, I yeah if you're one of Bethany's clients and you're a male and you're <laughs> listening to this you have to put an asterisk by me because I did not I didn't know and don't give up your uh, don't right. give up don't give up your awesome program with <laughs> Bethany because you think you got DQ'd <laughs> that's right all right, so they go to shift and then they'll uh, then come to your, did you yeah. say a nine, nine week program? Yeah, there? that's the um, Big Life You. Yeah, and then um, I have, I also do some mastermind groups and things like that. Um, they only open periodically. And then I do have a, a, a few slots for one-on-one -on -one clients that I work with. So there's all different kinds of ways that, that I work with people. I just meet them where they're at. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell everybody a little bit more about that and when your next class is going to be that where you'll be taking people and stuff like that. But before we get there, I've got these questions I want to ask you that I ask every guest that comes on the show. How's that okay. sound? Excellent. All right. Here's the first one. What is the best memory that comes to mind for you? Well, since I just talked about it, I feel like it's the getting the motorhome stuck on the beach with my grandparents. It's the round the world <laughs> RV trip, right? Yeah. All right. Who's the number one hero in your life? Oh, you know, me. Good answer. <laughs> What's the top value you subscribe to? Honesty. Who's the most important person in your life? Oh, you know, I'm hesitant to say this because I feel like I'll sound arrogant and I'm not, that's not who I am, but me, I can't be good for anyone else unless I'm good for me. What's your favorite thing? <laughs> My favorite thing. Um, I don't know why, but powdered donuts comes to mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Cause the next one is what's your favorite food? Okay. Well, good. Cause cheese is a close second. Well, it's good. You're in Wisconsin then. <laughs> you have one of those cheese head things. Oh, I'm sure there's one around here somewhere. Awesome. It's a thing, right? Yep. Now this is going to be a good one since you told us about your um, RV experience, but what's the most beautiful place you've been to? Um, Needles Highway, Black Hills. Yeah. That's South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Can I share something? Absolutely. When we were in the motorhome, um, we had these scooters that we bought. We didn't want to tow a vehicle, and the motorhome was a, a toy hauler. And so we put the, the scooters in the back, and we toured the Black Hills and Needles Highway on these scooters. And they, they don't go very fast, you know, like 30, maybe, but more like 15 or 20 when there's two of you. But so we're like dumb and dumber. You know, Tom and I each have a kid on the back that are, they're more like mini adults you know, at this point. But there was one point when we're going through Needles Highway and my son was on the back of my scooter and um, we're looking over and it's just breathtakingly beautiful. And I found myself choking up 
And all of a sudden he squeezed me tight and, and he said, mom, why do I feel like I want to cry? Mm. <laughs> and I said, because it's incredibly beautiful. And just think if God can do that for some rocks, what can he do for us? That's amazing. What a great memory. Yeah. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Passion. How do you want to be remembered? <laughs> for living big. If you could go back and give some advice to a young Bethany, what would that advice be? <clears throat> Believe in yourself. What's your favorite sound? Rain on a metal roof. And what's the best lesson you've learned? Uh, that I have to be for me because if I'm not for me, nothing in my life is going to work. Yes, I like it. We've been visiting with Bethany Clemenson. She's a coach. Her company's Big Life Resources, and she is, uh, shared some awesome, awesome stuff with us today about how she works with her clients to live a big life. Now, how can people get enrolled in some of this stuff you got? Sure. You know, um, I think the first step is really figuring out what do you want in your life? And so I have a, I have a free resource and that's a great starting point. You can get connected with me there and it's a blueprint guide to your more, to the more that you want in your life. And so you can get that at bigliferesources.com forward slash more, please. Wonderful. And of course, you're on the usual social media channels, right? Absolutely. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Yes. And your website is bethanyclim.com. Yes. Awesome. Well, listen, I really appreciate you being on the program today. I learned a lot. I'm sure my audience learned a lot. And um, you come back sometime because I'm sure you're going to have more and more stories as you help people get connected to their big life. Absolutely, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. Bethany Clemenson, everybody. We will have more on Better Than Before right after this. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck. The Subaru Outback is all new for 2020. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 33 miles per gallon. An available 260 horsepower turbocharged engine, advanced technology and an extra large touchscreen. Welcome to the best Outback ever the 2020 Subaru Outback. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday morning coaching memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday morning coaching memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, and we're going through in each week's podcast um, 
my model that I created called the eight sides of self. And we're up to number four, self-regulation. Now, most of us understand when a setting is set to the default position on our life. You heard about that a lot today with Bethany Clemenson. When you live default, it means the setting is determined how most people would use it, right? There's not enough understanding of the various parameters in order to determine a more customized or highly performing set point. This is what happens when we don't understand our potential, when we're not sure or we can't imagine what we're actually capable of achieving, we continue to live on the default setting. We keep doing what we've been doing to try our best to maintain our current performance. The truth is though, that life is not freeze dried. You can't just thaw it out and it's ready to go. It's actually what you make it. And when we choose to continue to live with our setting on default, we're actually losing momentum and our trajectory is declining like a plane landing. The aircraft is actually decreasing at a fairly substantial rate, but based on what we can see with our eyes until we're up really close to the landing strip, it's hard to actually process the true amount of that descent. Then we're on the ground all of a sudden, right? The same is true when you're living in default mode. It's difficult to process the amount of momentum you're actually losing because we're trying our best to just hold on to where we feel comfortable. Living your life by design is worked by having a good degree of self-regulation. It's the ability to take yourself in a different direction on the spur of a moment when you want to, right? It's about making course corrections. And having this uh, side of self that is self-regulation is about your ability to make those course corrections when you need to. It's about being able to see obstacles and constraints and navigating them in order to reach a better determined destination. It's about breaking things that look not broken. For example, if you just go to your uh, self-talk or you, maybe you go to your actual uh, dialogue that you say, when you're living your life on default, you would say something like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. But if you're living your life by design and you're using self-regulation, you might say, let's look at some options. If you're living your life on default, you might say, well, that's just how I am. There's nothing I can do about it. But if you're living your life by design, you would probably say, I can work on myself. I can be better. If you're living your life on default without any self-regulation, you might say, that person really makes me mad. But if you're living your life regulated and by design, you might say, I'm responsible for my own feelings. If you're on default, you say, I have to. If you're on regulated design, you say, I choose to. See, an increase in self-regulation is an increase in self-management skill. And if you want to have an increase in managing yourself better, it's going to require more emotional intelligence and a betterment of your skill set in that area. The skills of self-awareness and self-regulation allow you to have better self-control. And these skills strengthen you in situations where others would be distracted or diverted from their original planned activity. Or if you decide to call an audible and go a different direction. 
these skills feed off a person's mental and physical energy. And boy, 2020 has provided some challenges in our business and economic environment, which is going to require us to have more speed, more energy, and more self-management to keep up with it. The more we will need to have the personal energy to match some of the chaos uh, that we're facing. So you want to ask yourself, how good are you at clarifying what needs your attention and what is a distraction? Make out two lists this week. Make out a list of priorities. Make out a list of things to ignore. Execute your priority list and do the same with your ignore list. Score yourself at the end of the week on how you kept focus and how well you're able to avoid your distractions. Improve your self-regulation and then you're able to call your plays at the line of scrimmage for your own life. That's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and our chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.